0: Greetings, everyone. This is Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast.
1: You gotta light them up before they burn
0: it down. Better dig deep and put them in the ground. But on their hands, they're held back.
2: Save us all Who they gonna burn it down Save us
0: all Before they burn it down This episode of the Steadfast and Law Podcast is brought to you by our friends at The United States Concealed Carry Association, being a responsibly armed American, is both an honor and a responsibility, and is not one to be taken lightly. If you own a gun, then you need the self-defense education, training, and self-defense liability insurance that you get with a USCCA membership. Click Learn More below right now to explore your membership options which are risk-free with the USCCA's bulletproof money-back guarantee. Don't wait, click learn more right now. And as always, the USCCA is not an insurance company. A policy has been issued to the USCCA by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusions. And if you've been paying attention to what happened in the case of Sergeant Daniel Perry down in Austin, Texas, that's the reason why you need to be covered by the United States Concealed Carry Association. We'll be right back. Hey, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. And I'm Here continuing on with our series of talking to school board candidates and trustees up here in North Texas because, again, the most important elected position here in the United States of America, school board, and we've come to understand why. Stephanie Elad. He she is from Southern California. As a native, she's a good Southern California, so don't worry about that. I've already vetted her. She moved here to Texas eight years ago for a job opportunity, but also to provide a better life for her family. She and her husband, Jared, settled in Frisco with their two daughters after researching quality school districts. Stephanie earned her bachelor's degree in communication from the University of California and her master's degree in speech communication from San Diego State University. Go Aztecs, y'all Almost won the NCAA Basketball Championship. Additionally, Stephanie has over 20 years of professional experience in corporate human resources. She has worked for several Fortune 100 companies and is currently employed as the vice president of human resources and administration by a construction company. During the pandemic, Stephanie started to pay more attention to what was going on with her kids' education and increasingly had concerns. A seminal moment for her was when the school board president, At the time, during a board meeting, said to the attendees, this is our meeting. That didn't sit right with Stephanie, so she decided to abandon her prepared speech and publicly called out the president on his comment. This led Stephanie to run for the Board of Trustees in Frisco Independent School District, and she won last May for a three-year term. Also, we have with us Susan Kershaw. Susan Kershaw is a candidate for the Frisco Independent School District Board of Trustees, place number five. She has been a resident of Frisco for 17 years and in Texas for 25 years. Susan has been married to Jeff, her husband, for 18 years. They have two children who attend Frisco Independent School District Middle School. And Susan has been actively involved in FISD as a parent. Susan is a first generation college graduate from the University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, Hottie Toddy, where she earned a Bachelor of business administration degree in marketing in 1994. She later earned an AAS in the ADN program from the Dallas County Community College District, El Centro campus in 2006. Susan is a registered nurse with the Texas Board of Nursing and completed a critical care internship at Methodist Health System in 2007. Stephanie and Susan, welcome to the Steadfast and Law podcast.
2: Thank you.
0: All right, let's start with you. Madam trustee, then, you know, you're there, you're not up for election, but you need to have some reinforcements there in the Frisco Independent School District. What have you seen? What have you experienced in your first year, Stephanie, of being on the Frisco Independent School District?
1: Well, I think the first thing that I would say is that the concerns that I had were all validated, you know, and so it's not when you're running, you don't always know because you you're you're guessing, right? You're mm-hmm. you're trying to anticipate. You're just looking at it from one perspective, I guess I should say. And then when you actually get on the board and you start to, to start to serve, you see it not necessarily from a different perspective, but a deeper perspective, I guess I would say. And and all the concerns that I had were validated. They are real. They are happening. These things are issues. And um they're just, you know, they're not being addressed. And I think the other insight that I've had over just this past year is really how this is more about a business, I think, in a lot of respects than it is about educating the kids. And I I put all a lot of that straight on the Texas Association of School Boards. I think they're very focused on a lot of things, um, which aren't necessarily the right things for student learning outcomes, which is really what trustees number one job is is to help improve student learning outcomes.
0: You know Susan, you hear this from Stephanie, what was it that you saw that said I got to step up. I have to do something about this.
2: Well, when I saw that we were losing our voice as parents in the district, that's what made me, you know, I had to I had to step up. I had to we had to have someone to do it. We've got 67,000 children in Frisco that deserve that.
0: Now, what did you see during the pandemic specifically that troubled you with with your children? I mean, what curriculum issues have you seen or what uh, indoctrination issues have you seen in regards to your your own two children, Susan?
2: Well, it was the ongoing and continuing ongoing of the separation, the isolation of the children, the masking of the children that wasn't as a nurse, as a ICU nurse for 12 years in surgical trauma, ICU. I saw that as really just punishment for the children. They don't understand that. And the mask, you know, they're not effective for what we're talking about Mm -hmm. for the tiny viral particles that we were hoping to achieve, you know, that sort of um, protection from. So you can't, you can't protect from something like that with the little t-shirt mask and that kind of thing. So The children, um, they didn't understand what was going on. And I just hoped at the time for better leadership to help us all kind of out of that mess.
0: Now, Stephanie, what's the current composition of the uh, trustee board there in Frisco ISD? And, you know, with Reed Bond and Susan Kershaw, if they will, they will win when they win. How does that help your position on the board?
1: Well, so what I'll say is that we have five, what I would refer to as establishment trustees. um, And then we have myself and another person, Marvin Lowe, who I would call change advocates. I try not to use the conservative liberal labels. I guess you could throw that on there if you wanted, but it's really like, do we want to keep doing things business as usual or do we want to make change and get things back on track? Make sure we're focused on keeping our teachers, providing safe schools, and challenging our students to be the best that they can be.
0: Now, when you you just mentioned the TASB, the Texas Association of School Boards, we just saw over here in the Carroll ISD, South Lake, Texas, where they made the decision to get out of the Texas Association of School Boards. Is that something, Stephanie, that you think that uh, the folks there in Frisco Independent School District, you can look at and tell us a little bit more about where you think the problem is with the Texas Association of School Boards?
1: well the problem i think is that it's really a taxpayer funded lobby and i think that it's really like i said not focused on student learning outcomes i went to a conference last september that was in san antonio and it i was really surprised we had aclu attorneys teaching the um, seminars to the trustees for their professional development about certain controversial issues like library books and um, bathrooms was the other one. And I thought, really, we're bringing in ACLU attorneys and ACLU advocates to basically teach the way that things are. Instead of saying, this is a perspective, it was, here's what you need to do. You need to allow Boys and girls locker rooms and in girls sports and in the restrooms and vice versa they actually said that in the seminar to a room of i don't know 75 or 100 trustees and i was honestly shocked at that i had to walk out and clear my head because i just thought it's one thing to present a controversial issue and present that there are two sides but to present it so one-sided as if there was only one way to look at this issue was very concerning and disturbing for, for me. The other thing that I noticed while I was there was that it was all about, you know, electric school buses and lawyers and architects and, you know, astroturf for the
0: for the football stadiums,
1: campuses, right? Things like that. That was what the whole marketplace was about. There was nothing about helping students learn more. And I figured there'd be, you know, some different programs or some different things. I couldn't find it. So that was concerning.
0: Susan, you're out there on the campaign trail now. What are parents saying to you? What are the hot button issues that you are experiencing with the parents or just the the residents there in Frisco?
2: For the parent, from the parent's perspective, they're talking about their children on the Chromebooks nearly 100% of the time that they're in school. Meanwhile, we've got people coming now, in
0: Chrome books? Yes. Explain Chrome books.
2: They're small laptops. Okay. And these are also what the teachers have been assigned to use in the classroom. And so they're they're small and they're just they're small laptops. And so all of the material that the children are learning comes I know I'm not saying all of it, but so much of it is coming in through applications and through online streamed <laughs> lessons. And the teachers, what I'm hearing from the teachers. Is that they're no longer they don't they they no longer have the autonomy as a teacher. This is their art, their craft that's really being usurped by these um, applications and streamed online lessons. That, by the way, can be changed with the flip of a switch Mm any time to meet any agenda. The parents don't have you know access to these. We don't we don't. It's not like a book that you can bring home and review the content of the lessons. Or maybe preview the lessons for your child as a supplement to their learning, like our parents did. This mm-hmm. isn't something that the that we have an option for anymore. So the parents, now
0: the kids upset. don't actually take these little mini laptops home. So. They do. So, I mean, but can you as a parent access that in any way or you can go in and and see what the terminal learning objectives are or something?
2: There are. There are some methods that we can get into into it. You've got to get into their accounts and get into it. So there are there are some ways that you can, you know, look at it. But as far as the streaming online, it's, you know, there's there's probably options to. you know, maybe go back in in history and see some of the techniques that they're using and some of the lessons that they're using. But I'm just saying it's harder and harder for parents to go in. And it's not like opening up the textbook and seeing what the history lesson is. It's a a daily streamed lesson that they're getting in real time.
0: So it's very top down. It it is not you know, decentralized, so that the teacher in the classroom, like you just said, has the autonomy to really be able to take a lesson plan or even develop a lesson plan. Everything is pretty much so. Just said, here it is. You're just a a, a monitor, a facilitator, a moderator, or what have you. Is that what's happening in our classrooms? The
2: word facilitator has definitely come up. So mm-hmm. instead of teacher, facilitator, and they're not happy what's been coming back to me from the teachers is they don't want to raise our children for us. They want to teach and me being a nurse, I have a kinship with these teachers. Mm-hmm. We don't do it for the money. We do it because we love our students. We, we love our patients and we're there to do the right thing. These teachers, they know their subjects. This is their craft, their art. They want to teach it out of love. You know, they, they want to bestow upon the students, this knowledge that these students can carry on and they want it to be true. I really believe that.
0: You know, Stephanie, one of the things that you hear a lot out there is this social, emotional learning, this SEL. And I think that's kind of what Susan is saying. They don't, Teachers don't want to raise your kids. They want to educate your kids. Is that something that you have seen as an issue in your one year uh, of being a trustee there?
1: I I think I've seen it more as a parent than I've seen it as a trustee, quite honestly. Mm. Um I do think it's an issue and it's it's kind of a fine line because some things, you know, might not be questionable to some parents, but some might be questionable to others. But I know my daughter, um, there was a survey that, and I opted her out of the survey, but it asked her, does she have a trusted adult at school that she can talk to and who is that trusted adult? And I thought, you know, I don't, I don't know that I really want her answering that. Not that I don't want her to feel comfortable with the school, and I'm not saying that there, that I've had any issues with anyone in particular at her school, but it just seemed like kind of an invasive question to me, um, and so I opted her out of that survey, and I've actually been kind of opting her out of most of the optional things just because I'm just not quite sure where's that information going, who gets to see who her trusted adult is, and why do they need to know that, and again, you know, I'm sure she goes and talks to her teachers about things, And that's fine. But I just found that question kind of concerning and I thought it could be potentially used in a way that some parents might not like. So I think it's it's one of those things that that could potentially be used for good, but could also potentially have some ramifications that some parents might not be comfortable with. And I think the challenge is a lot of parents don't don't know
0: Um, what their kids are being asked or what's going on. Well, we've seen this, not just across the nation, but even right here in Texas, where down in the Round Rock Independent School District, down in Austin as well, where, you know, parents are losing control of their children, that teachers are basically saying, you know, tell me this, tell me this secret, and I will make sure that your parent does not know about this. I mean, how 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 do you feel about that, Susan? I mean, it seems that you know, you know this entity is usurping parental rights and freedoms.
2: All right. Well, I've got a good example. So my daughter just got, you know, I guess graduated out of a speech therapy uh, special education that she had been a part of since pr- prior to kindergarten, and the final phase of that was to have her assessed get that good clean assessment. She's gone done. Uh, part of that assessment was my authorization for the assessment. And it was an electronic authorization, had the little green, you know, check to start sign sign off on this. Well, luckily, I read through this like 13 page document. (laughs) And on page 11 of it, the speech therapist had checked off for a social evaluation and an emotional evaluation. And this is for a child who's got no manifestations of any kind of issues. She's got years of glowing records of, you know, fantastic grades, good behavior, collaboration with the other students in the class, no problems, never a problem. And so I'm I'm thinking, well, in the absence of a problem, why are we assessing for a problem? And so I questioned the speech therapist on this, and she admitted that she's not qualified to take a social evaluation of the child or an emotional evaluation of the child, but the psychiatrists at the district are. And so I asked her to please remove that page. There will be no social and emotional evaluations of my child. And, um, and I told her, I I thought that that was, you know, deceivingly embedded into a speech therapy, uh, document and that I really didn't appreciate that at all. But, um, she was a little bit caught unaware. She seemed to To feel that that was just a standard sort of authorization is just standard business there and i don't think that's standard at all because where i come from you know again as a nurse i've created you know as you can imagine thousands of medical records for my patients and we have to be extremely careful when we do that those are permanent right Mm -hmm. and they're digital Mm -hmm. so it's not like they can just be easily you know corrected uh, same goes for our children's records. And so when you're talking about creating a permanent governmental psychiatric record on a very young child, this is serious business to me as a medical professional. I see the potential ramifications and it's our job as a parent and our job as a trustee to protect these children, you know, from these things that could potentially come back and erroneously damage them in the future.
0: Last question I want to ask both of you all, um, in a perfect world, okay, uh, this school district, uh, you know, it, it flips over, Reed and Susan win. What is the agenda for next year, Stephanie? What, what do you think the direction should be for the Frisco Independent School District?
1: Well, one of the things that I think needs to be done um, immediately is getting rid of what's called standards-based grading, which is um, the the ideology or the philosophy, I guess, so to speak, that is allowing the kids to retest over and over again. We're eliminating homework. We're, we're doing things called waterfall grading, which if you don't do well on this quiz and you do better on the next quiz, then that grade will waterfall over and wash out the the previous quiz. And I just don't think that we're setting up our kids for success when we do things like that. So I really think we need to get back to grading policies that enable our kids to do their best work and prepare them for the real world, whether they go to college or whether they go to a trade school or go into the military or whatever it is they choose to do work full time. We wanna make sure that we're preparing them for the real world. And I've heard a lot of feedback from parents, from students, from teachers, they don't like the standards-based grading. They don't, they don't like it. And I don't think it's serving our kids. I've been a parent in this district for 10 years and I have a college freshman right now and I have a sixth grader and I've seen the difference and how things have changed because my kids are seven grades apart. I can see it very clearly. And I think we're going to a place where we're just not teaching kids how to be responsible, successful, um, adults out in the world. When you know, we do
0: these things. part part of growing up is failure. And mm-hmm. you cannot erase failure. You know, if you make an F you can't just say okay if you make a C on an exam we'll forget the F. I mean, you still made an F. And you still need to be responsible and accountable, but you have to understand that you can do better. And, again, these innocuous terms that someone comes with, standards-based testing. It sounds so great. Yes, standard-based testing. But then when you get to page 11 of the 13-page application, you really find out what it's about. So I will come to you now, Susan. Uh, You're sitting there on the Frisco Independent School District uh, Board of Trustees. What are your priorities?
2: We've got a divide between our parents and the district right now, and this is a trust issue. So we've got to we've got to find a way to allow the parents to feel like their voices are, you know, trust or ma- that their voices matter, and that they can trust the administration, that they can trust the board members to convey their messages to the administration, and that hasn't been done, as evidenced by the policies that have been put in place that the parents are shouting about for years now. Um, the teachers. Same with them. Their message is loud and clear to the tune of 860 departures this past year. Mm. The year before it was 600. It was an abysmal failure for the district. And they doubled down and continued what they were doing and lost an additional 860. We've got to stop the hemorrhage. We've got to stop the lack of trust that the parents and the teachers have with the district. We've got to treat our teachers like the professionals that they are, highly trained professionals that they are. And we've got to get a hold of the drug crisis that's going on. As a nurse, I see it as top, really, one of the top things that we've got to handle. And uh, I see it as something that is just, it's, this is a tragedy going on in our community. I think we need to throw everything we've got at it and not leave anything undone. There's nothing worth losing a child. And I consider this to be very serious.
0: Why Susan Kershaw?
2: Why Susan Kershaw? I am a mother in the district. I've got skin in the game. I uh, know acutely uh, what's going on with our policies. I've been following this for years and um, I've got my heart and soul in Frisco. I've been a part of our community. I'm a volunteer in the community. I'm a service oriented individual. I've got uh, time and and soul to put into this um, because of the skin that I do have in the game. I'm a medical professional. I think I would be probably the only medical professional on the school board, definitely now, if not maybe ever. And I think at this time it's what's, what we need. We need that perspective.
0: Trustee Stephanie, why is school board so important?
1: Well, it's, it's extremely important because it's the engine that fuels the community. You know, when, when I was looking to relocate to North Texas from Southern California, where I had lived my entire life, you know, my husband and I specifically selected Frisco because of the reputation of the schools. And we have to make sure that the, that the actual experience lives up to the promise. And I think we've gotten away from that a little bit. Um, And I think we can get it back on track. When we first moved to Frisco, the schools were amazing. I couldn't believe our luck. I kept telling my husband, these schools are just so fantastic. And they really were, especially coming from California. But even, even not comparing to California, the education was really top notch. And we've got to make sure that we keep it that way, but it does fuel our whole community. Frisco is a community of over 200,000 people. Frisco ISD is the ninth largest school district in the state of Texas. So what we do matters. We are preparing our future citizens and they're gonna vote and they're gonna work and they're gonna start companies and they're gonna serve their country and they're gonna create families. And we wanna make sure that we're giving them that foundation so that they can be successful.
0: Well, I want to thank both of you ladies for coming in. Trustee Stephanie Elad, where can people follow you and find you out there?
1: stephanie 4 fisdcom Number 4.
0: And Susan, where can people Facebook. Okay, and where can people follow you?
2: All right, www.susan4friscoisdplace5.com.
0: Thank you all so very much and You know, we wish you all the best, Susan, and it was great to be at the uh, event for you. And you have my firm and solid endorsement, as I said, and just the same as uh, I offered that to Stephanie, and I want to see you successful. And thank you, ladies, for being the tip of the spear on this battlefield, because if we don't get back to a system of education, the future of this great nation, which so many men and women have sacrificed, uh, it could be lost. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Hey, everyone, thanks so very much for joining us on the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. A special thanks to Independent School District candidate Susan Kershaw here in Frisco, Texas, and also current board trustee in the Frisco ISD, Stephanie Eli, for taking time to drop by. And as always, please click the like button if you like this podcast and share it with others. And until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down